and welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to real lawyers about their lives in and out of the practice of law, how they got to be lawyers, and what their experience has been. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. Today, we're welcoming Rebecca Fagelson to Love Thy Lawyer. We are very happy to have her. She has a very interesting backstory. She practices law in Alameda County, and Rebecca and I have a common connection, which is to the island of Maui. Rebecca, welcome. Thanks for having me. Rebecca, where is your office located? My office is located in San Francisco, but right now, due to the shelter in place, it's located out of my home. What kind of practice do you have? I have a exclusively criminal defense practice. And how long have you been doing that? I've been doing this type of work since 2012, which is when I started my solo practice. Now, Rebecca, where are you from originally? So I was born on the island of Maui in Maui Memorial Hospital, like you mentioned, but I lived in South Africa in Cape Town for 10 years from when I was 13 years old until I was 23. Where did you go to high school? In South Africa? I went to high school in South Africa. That's right. I was educated with the British common law system. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it was a big cultural change going from public schools in Maui to it was a private Jewish day school in South Africa. And there I wore a uniform and it was very structured and it was a very good level of education, much higher than anything in Hawaii that was available in Hawaii. And what was the name of the school that you went to? Hertzlia High School. And at some point, I take it you graduated from Hertzlia. I did. And I went on to the University of Cape Town in South Africa, where I received my undergraduate as well as my law degree. From South Africa? That's right. The University of Cape Town in South Africa. At the time of my attendance at the University of Cape Town, the law school was accredited by the ABA. And so we actually had a lot of exchange students from the United States as well as from Europe. And right after law school, I was able to take the New York State Bar. So you moved from Cape Town to New York? That's right. And when you took the New York Bar, did you feel that the preparation that you'd gotten in South Africa was appropriate and adequate? Yes. Actually, I felt that the New York State Bar exam was not as strenuous as my university exams. Did you actually practice in New York at all? I practiced very briefly with Metropolitan Life. I It's hard to say I actually practiced law because I didn't go to court and I didn't interact with any clients. And most of my time spent working for Metropolitan Life was just an orientation level. And I soon transferred to the San Francisco office. And that's what brought me out to the Bay Area initially. I'm at working for that big corporation was very short-lived. It was not a good fit for me. And then you took the bar in California? That's right. How did that go? How did that compare to the New York bar? It was very different because I'd been working for some time. And so it 
was an adjustment to have to try and work and study for the bar exam at the same time. But I passed and it I immediately started practicing criminal defense just because I happened to know several people in my social circles who needed a criminal defense lawyer at the time. When did you first start thinking about being a lawyer? So according to my parents, I was arguing and justifying myself since as early as I could speak. And my parents tell me that they knew I was going to be a lawyer or some type of advocate or lobbyist or something of that nature uh, since as early as they could determine my personality. I have a interesting childhood story in that I'm actually a child of a previously incarcerated parent. My father did a two-year prison sentence. And he was actually in L.A. County Jail during the Rodney King riots. And that was a really scary time for my family. And that was definitely a large trauma in my childhood. We also suffered a civil asset forfeiture of my childhood home. And so growing up, there was a lot of criminal defense lawyers and civil asset forfeiture lawyers that were involved in my family life at that time. And so I think that ultimately made a big impact on my life and career. So is that what prompted you to start thinking about being a lawyer? I don't think that I made the connection at the time, but it at one time, my father was looking at major criminal penalties. It was a marijuana case in the early 90s. And he ultimately took a plea deal for conspiracy to possess marijuana with intent to distribute. And he had a multi-count complaint with pretty large um, possibility of time attached to it. And um, the fact that he was home after what seemed like a short while for me at the time, thinking that I may never see him again, I sort of idolized the attorneys that were involved in the case and thought, wow, these people are giving me my parent back. You said that your first legal job was in the insurance industry? Yes, but I really, it's hard for me to actually call that a legal job. I was hired right out of law school, but I don't I can't honestly say that I felt like I ever practiced law. And that was one of the things that I didn't enjoy about it. Well, what was your first, in your opinion, legal job? I work for a friend of mine who's still in practice in San Francisco. His name is Joaquin McCoy. And he does, right now he does sports agency representative work. And he does... um, employment law and other types of civil work. And I worked with him in his small firm in San Francisco. And I would say that was my first real hands-on experience with litigation and working with clients and the legal system. How long did you stay there? Maybe six to eight months. Then what happened? Well, then I passed the bar and I just started practicing law on my own. I hung my shingle. In Oakland or San Francisco? 
in San Francisco. I still maintain an office at the Law Chambers building in San Francisco. I can't say I go there much these days, but I still do maintain that office. There's a lot of wonderful attorneys that work from that building. So where did you start getting cases from? Well, at the time I was working in the service industry at uh, various bars and nightclubs in San Francisco in order to make ends meet living in San Francisco. And so some bartenders and some bouncers and people that I knew from the nightlife industry had legal issues that needed to be discussed and dealt with. So you started representing those people. I did. Well, what do you really like about practicing law? You know, I really like when it works, when you can identify an issue and file the right motion and get a case dismissed. And it's just amazing to see the process can really work when you win a motion to suppress or another motion or um, a trial. It's just, you know, it's a really special gift to get to advocate for people and help people in the way that we do. Is there anything you don't like about it? Well, I certainly don't agree with mandatory minimum sentencing in the federal system. And is practicing law met or different from your expectations? I would say it's a lot better than I could have ever hoped for. Really? Can you just be a little bit more specific and detailed about that? Absolutely. Uh, My law school experience was extremely grueling. It was a bell curve system. And so that means a portion of my law school class failed every semester and the classes just got smaller and smaller as things went along. And the testing was 10 days of straight testing. For the bar exam, we had two or three days, depending on the state. And so that really set me up to think that being a lawyer was an extremely grueling job. And it very much can be if you work for a big firm or even if you're in the middle of trial, that can be very grueling. But in a day-to-day life as a solo practitioner owning your own criminal defense firm, it can be very rewarding and you can get a wonderful work-life balance and um, you can make your own schedule and really make sure that all of your needs are met while still helping your clients and making a good living. So I would say that this career has exceeded my expectations of what I thought being a lawyer could be. Can you tell me about a case that you had that you think like like went really well? Well, I think winning a jury trial is always the um, best case scenario. If you have to go that route and you pick a jury and you argue your case to a jury and you win. I recently had a marijuana DUI case in San Mateo where my client was acquitted. I had a, um, a weapons case that I tried out of Fremont and my client was acquitted. It's also really great when you can identify an issue and file an appropriate motion. I've had a recent motion to suppress granted in a marijuana case in Alameda County and the case was dismissed. And so those type of wins are, are really great. So it sounds like you really enjoy going to trial and mixing it up a little bit sometimes. Well, trial is a lot of work. And when it needs to be done, I I do like to do it. But 
I wouldn't say that I enjoy taking a losing case to trial, but that also needs to be done sometimes. Sometimes your client needs to just go down with a fight. If it, if it needs to be done, I, I do like to do the job. So it sounds like you pretty carefully evaluate cases before you take them to trial. That's correct. I think that if there is a way to resolve the case where all parties are satisfied with the outcome, it is good to resolve a case without trial in a lot of instances, as it can often be a safer outcome for your client. Can you think of a case that you had that really went off the rails where there was like real problems? Well, I have several cases right now where it starts off as a simple case, but my client seems to keep picking up new felonies as the case carries on. Instead of one simple felony, I have four felonies that I'm trying to deal with. So that is a case that can go off the rails. I've also had been in trial where my client insisted on testifying on their own behalf against my advisement and talked themselves into a corner while on the stand and the jury did not find her credible in that case and she was convicted. What kind of case was that? That was a DUI with priors. Yeah, I I once had a lawyer say, I tell my clients, you know, you went to the bar, you had the drinks, you drove the car, you got arrested, you blew a point two zero, you know, you did your job. Why don't you let me take it from here? That's good advice. <laughs> well, how about the, the business of practicing law? How's, how's that gone for you? I think that it's wonderful that we can use technology to make our practices more mobile and flexible. I use all sorts of programs in order to store my files electronically and to set up electronic payment plans and to communicate with clients. I think that in 2020, things are a lot more streamlined than they were in the past as far as the actual business side of practicing law. Well, I have to say that that's one thing that I've always been very impressed in my dealings with you is that you have all of your files, all of your information right at your fingertips, uh, either on your phone or your computer. And it's I've always been very impressed by the way you've made technology work for you in your practice. Absolutely. And I think that that is something that I've tried to do from the beginning of my practice, and I'll continue to do it. How about clients? Where do you get clients from? How do they find you? Well, at the moment, it's just mainly been through referrals and working with other wonderful attorneys like yourself. Um, I used to advertise, but I am also a mom of a very active, almost three-year-old. And now with childcare being so limited uh, due to the COVID-19 school shutdowns, it's harder for me to um, answer phone calls all the time. And so I, right now I'm just focusing on client referrals and existing clients, but most of my new clients come off of Yelp, actually people who've read my reviews. So I guess you get, you're getting good reviews on Yelp. I have quite a few positive reviews on Yelp. 
That's good. That's good. Uh, what, if anything, would you change about the way the legal system works? Hmm, that's a great question. Well, do you think it's fair? Let's start there. Do you think it's the system is basically fair? Well, I again, back to federal sentencing guidelines, I don't think that's fair. And I think that judges should have discretion to um, go below minimum guidelines. Well, I think uh, a lot of federal judges would agree with you. Right. And so I think that's something that really should be changed. I think that overall, our state system is pretty fair. I think that it does vary from county to county, particularly in Alameda County. I think that we have great judges. And I think that a lot of the DAs are very understanding and willing to heavily consider mitigation and circumstances of your individual client's background. I don't think that's the case in every county in the Bay Area. And so in some counties, like San Mateo, it's more difficult to practice law and advocate for your clients when mitigation evidence doesn't mean as much. But you think in Alameda County, the DAs and the judges are more prepared to listen to mitigating issues? I think overall they are. What about mentors? Have you had any mentors over the course of your career? I have. Um, well, you're one of them. Absolutely. Um, I love that you always have a laid back and positive attitude about your business and life. And just the fact that you have this podcast shows us all that you can have other hobbies other than just grinding away. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. Besides me. <laughs> Another one of my great mentors is uh, an attorney by the name of Ken Wine. He's based out of San Francisco. He does primarily federal work. And he is my office neighbor in my San Francisco office. And he's just a wonderful human being and a wonderful attorney. He recently worked with Sierra Promise Dugan, another Alameda-based attorney, in representing the high-profile um, ballerina who was accused of sexual assault in Contra Costa County, and that jury was hung. Right. I remember that. Yeah. He's wonderful and always has a wonderful sense of humor and has an open-door policy, and that's always ready to give me mentorship and advice when I need it. Another attorney that I really look up to is attorney Adam Gasner. He's a San Francisco based attorney who I also share office space with in San Francisco, another wonderful human being and attorney. Are there any judges who you particularly admire or who have influenced you in a positive way? Um, judge Hing is lovely in Dublin. Um, I've always yeah, had I like a Stuart. Yep. Yeah. Stuart Hing. What other things do you like to do? Any recreational pursuits? Well, I, you know, I like to work out and go hiking and. I understand you really like the Peloton. Oh, yes. That's my daily obsession. Tell us what the Peloton is. Oh, it's a stationary bike that um, live streams spin classes. And so I was, um, I've had it for going on three years now and I, I still love it. And I can recommend it if anybody is looking to buy one. <laughs> did Did you do spin classes before you had the Peloton? Uh, here and there. 
it wasn't my main source of activity before. But you like the Peloton now. I love the Peloton now. We'll have to see. Maybe they'll sponsor our podcast. Oh, that would be great. (laughs) One of the things that I do is I have a pretty clear recollection of my first meeting or impression of almost everybody that I know. And my first meeting and impression of you was in the Fremont court and you were dealing with a very difficult client and a pretty difficult judge. And you had to walk a pretty fine line between them in order to keep your client out of jail. I just remember being very impressed with the way you handled yourself uh, in front of the court and thinking that this was a woman who really did know how to talk. Oh, thank you so much. I'm not sure what case you're referring to, but I feel like that's the case for almost all of my clients is that it's usually a very fine line to keep them out of jail. If you had a magic wand and could wave it over the legal system or any other thing outside of the legal system, what one thing would you really want to change? Well, I think that I would like to see more restorative justice built into the adult criminal system. I think that the juvenile system focuses a lot on restorative justice. I would like to see more uh, recognized court-supported treatment programs that could help our clients get the treatment they need. Because I feel that at least eight out of 10 of my cases have an underlying mental health issue or a substance treatment issue or an anger management issue or some type of issue that could be treated. And thank you so much for having me. We'll be back next week with another episode of Love Thy Lawyer. Thanks today to Rebecca Fagelson, Joel Katz, Brian Matheson, and Tracy Harvey. Be sure to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm Lewis Goodman. It's your podcast. Yeah, but it's your episode. Mm.